Hi, this is Patrick Finley at the Chicago Sun-Times. He's Mark Potash. We've been covering the Bears for, what, 30 years between the two of us. And today on the Hallis Intrigue Agenda, Potsy, we have got Ryan Poles talking about uh, all of the hot-button issues of training camp from Roquan Smith to Tevin Jenkins. And we've got an update about the next step in the Bears' Arlington Heights Stadium pursuit. That and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Potsy, we had Ryan Poles uh, talking on Thursday to the media. Uh, It may be his last media appearance, uh, if past is is any prelude with the Bears, until January. Uh, He spoke alongside Ian Cunningham for... 25 minutes or so. And as expected, he got peppered with the stories that matter or the questions that matter. Roquan Smith and his contract, Tevin Jenkins and whether he'll be traded and, uh, and Alex Leatherwood, the former first round pick that the bears decided to claim off of waivers. I will give you your choice of any of those three topics. What grabbed you the most? And then we'll talk some more big picture stuff. Well, I thought the Roquan, uh, the Roquan situation was interesting because it's so hard to figure out exactly what, you know, where it is like, like, um, you know, Roquan has said he's not doing any more. He's not going to entertain any more offers or whatever. And um, but that doesn't necessarily mean he shut out the Bears. I guess the big question with Roquan is, is is he um, uh, is he in his mind done with the bears? You know, like in other words, he'll do whatever he can to get out. Is he that dissatisfied? I just don't buy that. I, I don't think that's true at all. I, I think the, I think fences will be mended. And I think if he has a good year here in this, in this defense, I think the bears have every possibility of signing him to a long-term contract if they want to, if they want to give him his money. So I don't think as far as Roquan's future with the bears, I'm not that concerned about that. So, um, I, and I think I, I think uh, Ryan Poles' uh, his response today was he didn't want to go over all the you know what caused the you know the, the contract impasse in the begin in the first place, but I think he has I think he also has every intent of if he's if the same old thing he's got to prove himself in this defense and if he's good enough I think they will uh, I think they'll you know uh, at least uh, come to some kind of terms. I know there's nothing in life you like better than somebody acknowledging reality. And Ryan Poles at least acknowledged the reality that he had work to do to get his relationship back on solid ground with Roquan Smith. Uh, when <laughs> when he was asked kind of, you know, uh, you know whether there's value to doing that, he went out of his way to say what a good player Roquan was. Uh, so, you know, we all know that he sees a value there. Do you think this thing is, is reparable? Do you think he some of the nice things he said about Roquan in the press conference were a step in that direction. Oh, absolutely. But I also think just in general, things will change if they have a good year. Like there's a couple things that could happen. I mean, the bears could have a good year overall. They could be a surprise team and win nine games, you know, or whatever, maybe more, who knows? You just don't know. But also, even if they're not great overall, the record, their defense is probably gonna be pretty good. Their defense mm-hmm. should be middle of the pack. And with Roquan, maybe uh 10 to 15, just like, the indie defense was 10th in, in Ibrahim first year there with lesser talent than he's got now. So, um, so there's going to be a good vibe. I think there's going to be a good vibe. Let's put it that way for Roquan. I think he's going to have a good year. And I think the defense is going to do well. And I think that, that, that kind of is a healing type thing too, that you yeah. really don't know. I mean, there's not like he's got to have a meeting and they've got to 
hash it out or I don't think, I don't think it's like that. I just think it's, I just think they got to let the kind of a natural course uh, go on and, and see what happens. But I'm not, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not real concerned that, uh, that this will be, uh, that this will, that there's a fracture here. Let's put it that way. There might've been one at the time and there might be a slight one, but I think it will, if things go well, it will take care of itself. And if they don't, well, then the Bears probably aren't going to want him anyway. So here's uh, your obligatory reminder that if the Bears want to keep him beyond this year, they can do it for two years. Uh, they can give him the franchise tag in 2023 and the franchise tag in 2024. Now, it would be more beneficial to the Bears to work out a contract extension for cap purposes. But the fact is that Roquan is theirs uh, for the next three seasons um, and will play at the leisure of the team. Um, so, you know, you've said this before that, that Ryan Poles was dealt a full house and was smart enough not to fold it. Um, he will be coming at this from a position of strength, even if, as he is mending fences. Right. So I, that's why I say if, if they want to keep them, they can, but really the only thing left to, to really be to, from, from my, from my standpoint is let's just see what he does in this defense, because he should be pretty good and he could be, you know, elite. He could be, he could really uh, flourish in this defense. And then that'll be an, that I wouldn't want to say game changer, but that would certainly uh, I think uh, switch you know change some people's ideas and thoughts about where he fits. It just I just I just see it going. It's going in it, it, it's it, it, it it's going in a direction a good direction if it if it if it if it if it ends up being good. You know what I'm saying? I mean it's not like right. let's put it this way. Let's put it more clearly. It's not like Roquan can be. I don't think Roquan is going to turn into this All Pro superstar. Uh, um, linebacker in this defense and then leave. I just don't see right. that happening. Um, I want to touch on two offensive linemen real quick. Uh, Tevin Jenkins and Alex Leatherwood. They're, they're kind of cousins. Uh, when you look at the situation that they've had, Leatherwood was a uh, surprise first round pick last year. Tevin Jenkins was a second round pick. Both came with outsized expectations that they didn't leave uh, live up to. Leatherwood was just bad in 17 starts with the Raiders last year and got released. Tevin Jenkins, of course, had back surgery. Uh, came back, uh, had to sit and watch veterans play. And, you know, as recently as two weeks ago, was still playing tackle before the Bears moved him to guard. I, I think both of them are evidence that the Bears are going to keep churning this offensive line all year long until they find a combination that they think can help them in 2022 and 2023 and 2024. And I think there are worse things to do than the bet on guys with that sort of pedigree. But to me, the takeaway for, from polls today was that you know, he didn't he didn't stand on the table and vehemently deny it, but he went out of his way to say when asked about the Tevin Jenkins trade rumors that he was really proud of Tevin with what he's done and that he's one of the best five players the Bears have. Is that a we will not trade him declaration in your mind or I, I, uh, I wish I, I wish I knew. I, you know, I was trying to pin him down on that, at least just say, is, should he be worried about being traded? And, he, you know, if you look at what he said. I don't think it was a no. It wasn't a flat out no. You know, he, I think he talked around it. Uh, I think he tried to give support for Jenkins, but it wasn't say. You know, it's funny. You can technically say everybody can be traded. You know, but right. this is a special case, and very. You know, your offensive linemen are usually there for the whole season, so um, he could have very easily said definitively, no, he's going to be on our team, whether he starts or doesn't is questionable, but he will right. be on our team, and he didn't say that, so. If he traded him tomorrow, it, despite what he said today, it wouldn't. It would not surprise me at all, based on that. Um, he did. He did go out of his way to to 
to to praise how far he's come. And Ian Cunningham, the assistant general manager, yeah. did that too. They they went out of their way to portray him as a good story and yeah. as somebody who's come a long way in a short amount of time. But what what I'm think, saying what I'm saying is they were in a position to say no, he's not going to be traded and they didn't say it. So, um, you know, it's not like, uh, it, 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 I, I don't know how else to say it in, in football. It's very easy to say that, you know, a guy will not be traded, you know, uh, uh um, Justin Fields will not be traded this year. David Montgomery mm-hmm. will not, are you going to trade David Montgomery? No, he, he's not going to hem right. and haw and tell you how great David Montgomery. No, we're not going to trade David Montgomery. So right. he had a, he, my point is he had an opportunity to say that about Tevin Jenkins and he did mm-hmm. not. So, yeah, they love them. They love them until they don't. And and right. uh, and and if, like I said, if it just sounds like if they get the right offer, they will still trade them because they had an opportunity to say they wouldn't, and it would have been perfectly reasonable. Uh, and, and they did not. So, um, Is, do you agree with it. that? Do you agree with that? Do you think it's appropriate for them to? I mean, he's. I mean, he can't be an untouchable guy yet, right? He hasn't shown anything. Right. I, I guess he hasn't. But I mean, in general. Uh, I don't know, just guys aren't traded in the NFL very often. So it's a sure. big deal uh, when, when you, when you are, but I guess my point, my point is if he, uh, if he's good enough for somebody else's team, he should be good enough for this team. They're not exactly, right. you know, well stocked at that position. And, um, and so I, I don't know, maybe, maybe Alex Leatherwood ends up, you know, being, playing, playing that position. You know, they were both, you talk about the similarities. They were both kind of guys who were, I think played tackle, but were considered uh, possibly better guards in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And just the only difference is that the Bears didn't bite on Tevin Jenkins at twenty last year and waited seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. And, and the Raiders did, and the Raiders did bite too early. Right. And that yeah. otherwise, you're right. They are the not the same player, but they're very similar players. And so maybe I, I have no idea, but um, I don't know. The the, the uh, Tevin Jenkins thing confuses me a little bit because the Bears are just not very solid at that position and so like i said if he's if somebody else thinks he's good enough for them i I would think that he's good enough for the bears but maybe not they have their own idea of what players are i think that's what this whole season is all about is to see how you know how on offense and defense if this you know putting the guy in the right position to succeed which every team says they do but for some Mm -hmm. reason on both sides of the ball that seems like it's a just a huge exact uh magnified effect and so that's what this season is all about. So I don't know what's going to happen to Tevin Jenkins, but I was thinking that he was going to be here, but now it wouldn't surprise me if tomorrow they said uh, he's traded for, you know, a fifth round draft pick. I'm intrigued by Alex Leatherwood for no other reason, but that he's got all the resume you'd ever want until he was drafted. He was the number four prospect in America as a high school kid, goes to Alabama, plays 40 some odd snaps in the national title game as a freshman because somebody got hurt and he then starts the next three years for them. This is, you know, may, you know, if not a first round pick, because he was a surprise first round pick by my, by Mike Mayock, but he is a compelling, he has a compelling resume, I think. And for you to get him at, for the cost of just money and not anything real in terms of prospects uh, or future picks or anything like that. Um, I, I think he's, I think, I don't know that he has a chance to be great, but I think, that's the kind of person I would bet on if I were uh, the bears in a rebuilding season. Yeah. And I, th- and I've, we've seen it before in the NFL. It happens. I think a lot where guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't do well in one, it uh, don't do one and uh, don't do well in what for one team. And then, and then excel for another, a lot of it's coaching. Um, mm-hmm. 
and just, you know, fit, you know, it's so inexact, so abstract that, uh, especially in the offensive line that it wouldn't surprise me if, um, if you were a hit. And, and I think the point is, I think others have made it. It's a, definitely a risk, a chance worth taking. I mean, it's a, like right. a flyer. I mean, it's a, it's a, not a, I don't want to say a no brainer, but you know, they could have waited for him to uh, clear waivers, but um, I think it was probably smart uh, in their situation. I think it's a chance uh, definitely worth taking because you never know. And they definitely need the help. And he's a young guy oh. who, like you said, is a ton of talent. So, um, yeah. not to find also, as a plus just because you don't make it with the Raiders, just like guys that don't make it with the Bears, you can't say the same thing in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we'll see. But it comes down to coaching, and and uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I think that was a good pickup. The other thing I find interesting about the Bears and the waiver wire is that while players are going to sign via free agency with the team that has the best opportunity for them, I, I don't think the Bears are going to win many tiebreakers around the league. Um, given that they're supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NFL uh, with waivers, a player doesn't have an option. You just, he's coming here. And by, by claiming those guys, I I think the bears avoid uh, a bidding war or at least a popularity contest. And and I think they might've lost both. Patsy, I want to ask you real quick before we get to the stadium issue um, about kind of the big picture idea that you floated to Ryan Poles today, which is, you know, why does he think that he provided Justin Fields with enough to be successful? or at least enough to be evaluated this season. He defended it. Um, You know, I know that this is the big question I have with the bears and have had since March. And I know that you have it too. Uh, How does Ryan Poles explain uh, what he's done and not done with their roster? Well, I think it goes back to um, like in the draft, when you say we'll pick the best player available, I think that was the, if those draft picks exactly explained where Ryan pa- Ryan Poles' head is in regard to this entire careful careful with the Ryan Pace right careful. yeah right right <laughs> yeah where where Ryan Poles' head is as far as this entire rebuild because he right. had an un- not unbelievable he had a huge need on offense you could say wide receiver offensive line whatever and he went defense almost kind of a I don't know it's kind of a, it was it was against convention and he's an offensive guy too but. Um, just by doing that in itself, I think that tells you that he want he's he's his biggest concern is the overall team, and where I think where it becomes a problem is that if there's ever a year where you should not do that, it's when you have a second year quarterback who is in a defi- career defining year and right. needs all the help he can get. This right. you know this would be the one time just you know the, you don't it, there are different levels of best player available. This would have been one of the years where you can get away with him saying, "Hey, we needed the help, right?" Nobody's so nobody's gonna sit there and be like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah." Nobody's gonna sit there and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." This wide receiver you had ten spots down on your big board from from the guy you picked, and nobody's gonna hold that against them. Right. So, um, right. So, so, so I guess that's really the question. That's what this season is all about. Is is uh, is um, that risk that he's taking of of trying to develop a. Uh, uh, a quarterback in a critical year with the supporting cast he has, because this is supposed to be a defining year for, for fields. But how can you say that if, if like I think like I put it to polls, Ryan polls, like if he fails, if he, if he, if he does not develop, they'll just say, well, you set him up to fail. No, no surprise. Right. It'll be more, it'll be more on, on polls than it will be on fields if he doesn't succeed. So that's, that's the issue. And I, you know, I get what they're, I mean, I remember asking uh, Getsy about the wide receiver thing, because, you know, p- people say, well, 
you've no wide, basically saying you have no wide receivers. They feel like their scheme, their system will get the most out of everybody. And also they do have players who can be better than people think, like in the right offense, like Cole Komet and David Montgomery and, Sure. And uh, Darnell Mooney and stuff like that. So, but they're basically saying that, yeah, they think uh, they're basically saying that they think what they have is better than what will be better than what people think. I, that's the only way mm-hmm. to explain it. I, I just gave them credit for just not being obstinate about it right. and not being defensive and right. kind of, you know, I, he's, I think he, kind of, he's not like he, he, he didn't, he didn't do it. Like he has all the answers. Like he knows is going to work. I think he's hoping this will work and he's sure. going to find out. I just think it's a yeah. kind of a risky thing at this, even at this, even at this yeah. early stage. He, um, he even, he even said out loud, like, Hey, I'm not going to sign a name just to say I signed a name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's his right. philosophy. But I just think it's, it's, um, so I, you know, it's, um, like I said, my story, I wrote a story today, uh, just uh, about that for tomorrow's paper. I said, you know, it's too early to say this is his Trubisky moment, but it's a similar risk, uh, uh, uh not giving a, a franchise quarterback like that, the support he needs to develop. That's a, it's a calculated risk on his part, but it is a risk, uh, sure. doing that because it affects, you know, obviously, you know, if he, a year from now, if he's looking for a new quarterback, he'll still be the GM of the bears, but with, you know, with one knock against them that he doesn't really need. So it's not, it's not a free roll for him. I don't think. And basically this year is a free roll with that exception. I mean, like right. I said, I've always said that I've said this in the beginning. I believe it. The clock starts on him in 2023 with the exception mm-hmm. of the quarterback. If he, if, yep. if, if, the, if they're looking for a new quarterback next year, then that's, that's a little bit of a, that's a, like I said, it's a knock against well. him. And in 2023, the Bears not only have the most salary cap space in football, they have almost twice as much as the next closest team as we sit here right now. I believe that's the New York Giants who are at 55 million. I think the Bears are at like 107, something like that. Potsy, before we get out, the Bears uh, said today that they were going to have a meeting in Arlington Heights next week in which they were going to unveil informally some um, drafts and plans for uh, the Arlington Heights uh, racetrack site that the Bears are in the process of buying. Uh, you know, they talked about it being a uh, a hub for transportation, mixed use uh, uh, facility. I'm sure there will be a hotel and there'll be a stadium there. This is just the next step in something that I, I think you and I are uh, have in the last year come to believe uh, pretty pretty positively that it is going to happen, which is the team's going to move to Arlington Heights. Yeah, and it, it'll be a good thing. It'll be a good thing for the Bears, and uh, I think it is going to come to fruition. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I think the, is it going this, to be a good thing? Is it going to be a good thing for the place in which you live, Arlington Heights? I don't know about that. Uh, that I probably have more concern than anything to tell you the truth. <laughs> but um, but it's, so I don't know. We'll have to. There's a lot. There's a lot more to to happen before we know that. But I know I think it's going to happen. Um, I just don't think the city could give them what they wanted. If it was a matter of just building a stadium, that's a little bit different. But today, in this day and age, it's more than that. Because when you when you see the plans that they have for this whole facility, uh, you'll see that it's not just a stadium. And um, and so I think this. Yeah, I think this is going to end up being the right move for the Bears. But it's you know still four or five years at least in the future. So, um, so I, you know, so it, you know, they've still got some time at, at soldier field, but I'm yeah, not lamenting it. Like I would have like five years ago or something like that. Right. To me, it's clear now that the soldier field is just not a great place for them anymore. And mm-hmm. times have changed. And, um, and, uh, exactly. you know, they need to get with the 21st century and this is how, this is the way to do it.
it has the best view in the NFL until you actually look into the stadium and then it, uh, that it might have one of the worst. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. You know, the bears are closing uh, uh, escrow on the, on the purchase at some point, you know, around the end of the year or early next year. So, you know, they can plan and they can, you know, sketch out rough drafts, but there's really nothing they can do until uh, all of that goes through. And, um, and they have exhausted, I presume every last pitch from the city, just in case the city gives them what they want. I I don't think that's going to happen and neither do you. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's, it's almost not physically possible for them to physically, I mean, land wise, to give the to give them what they want, and there's going to and then also there's going to be too much uh, blowback for people who don't want just don't want to uh, uh, you know uh, foot the bill, uh, sure. whatever it's going to be for for a stadium in the city. So um, I just feel like you know hey you're, this is a really tough thing for me to say. I'm a Chicago guy, and I mm-hmm. love the fact that uh, the teams are in Chicago, but mm-hmm. times have changed, and and uh, the best thing for them is to go out and kind of spread out a little bit. Um, the only question is just how good, you know, how, you know, what they'll do with it. I'm, I'm just, you know, you just, you just never know, uh, what they'll come up with, but this is new territory for, for, uh, for the bears. This is nothing, this is nothing like a, like the expansion of Hallis Hall. This is, this is a whole <laughs> entirely different animal, you know? Sure. So, um, yeah. so, but they were confined there too. So now they have a lot more space. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. But I think, I guess what, what I'm saying overall, I think it's going to be really good. Um, it's going to be a modern stadium. Uh, and just, uh, you know, the whole facility, it's good. I think it's going to be a really cool thing and, and good for the bears. I don't, you know, the product is, is obviously the key thing, but, and that is no, I don't think it has anything to do with it, but, um, uh, with the stadium, but I just think it'll be a good thing for bears fans. Um, once they get over the bears, I don't think too many people have to get over the bears not being in soldier field, probably just me and a couple others, but. And it'll give fans something to talk about in the fourth quarter of blowout losses this season, too, because I think we're probably in line for a couple of those. Um, He is Mark Potash. I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you again for listening. Uh, As always, check us out on the Sun-Times website. Download the Sun-Times app on your phone. It's uh, the best thing that we do, I think. Uh, You can pick up a newspaper as well. And please like, rate, and review the podcast. Potsy, we will be back next week when we have a real game to talk about and real season predictions to make and game picks and all that sort of good stuff. Um, But until then, thank you so much for listening. We will be back real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.